Welcome back to the Someone to Tell To podcast. So good to have you with us here today. We're just grateful to have you a part of our community. This is our first time to ever have a guest back a second time, and we couldn't have think of a better guest to have back uh, on the program because she's just a joy to be around. I mean, we just were on her podcast a couple of weeks ago, and um, just just such a a kind person, filled with so much compassion and empathy, and just she cares about the things that we care about, and and really trying to make this world a better place through listening. And, uh, and so it was just a joy to have her on the program and yeah, thanks for tuning in again. Uh, if you get a chance, we do encourage you to go to Jane's website to purchase her book because we just devoured it as we mentioned in the intro and, um, just, just loved being with her. We certainly did. Um, she's a tremendous guest. We know you will like her very much. She's, she, she is filled with wisdom and, and grace and, uh, and an ability to understand um, how important listening is and what it can do to change our lives and our relationships so much for the better. Especially first thing on a Monday morning. <laughs> yeah. So let's, uh, let's give you a little bit of an introduction. Uh, Jane Adshead Grant of London, England is an award-winning accredited executive coach with over 30 years experience in people-focused roles. She loves to help organizations develop people-centric cultures to explore their current thinking and behaviors to develop new insights, skills, and experiences. Clients she's worked with have included Deloitte, Rothschild, Hewlett-Packard, Deutsche Bank, UBS, Towers Watson, which by the way, my son, my oldest son works for that, that company, Towers Watson, and many more. Jane believes that, you've, uh, that you have the resources within you to achieve what you want for yourself. She recognizes that some of these resources remain untapped, even hidden, to uncover what is within to achieve more. She believes that to listen, to truly listen to others is a gift, both as the listener and as the speaker. She believes in abundance and sharing. She believes there is opportunity for everyone. She believes in gratitude, to be grateful for the people in our lives, the experiences we encounter, and the beautiful nature of the world. Even if some of these are not what we would have wanted, she believes everyone and everything we encounter has something to offer us as a way of learning. Jane was listed as one of the most influential women to watch in 2019 by Insight Success Magazine and the best executive coach for 2016 and 2017 in Southeast England by Corporate Vision Magazine. She is the author of Are You Listening Are Just Waiting to Speak? And her newest book, which we will talk about today, is The Listening Coach, Coach yourself through the elements of listening that are critical in life, in business, and in our communities. Now, without further ado, here is our friend, Jane Adshead Grant. Well, Jane, welcome back to the Someone to Tell It To podcast. Thank you so much. I'm thrilled to be with both of you and all of our listeners today. So if we remember correctly, you just celebrated a birthday. I did. Thank you. I Indeed. So how did you celebrate? 
Well, it was lovely, actually. We I just went out with my family. Um, well, one of our daughters, our other daughters away in uni. So we had a beautiful lunch um, at a local pub here in the UK. And yeah, it was a lovely time to connect and to support our youngest daughter, who the very next day hopped on a plane and began some volunteering um, over in Central America. Wow. Yeah, a lovely day. It was lovely. Thank you. How, how is it today there? Um, other places in the Midlands and further north have been, you know, really severely hit with power shortages and trees everywhere down and damaging, you know, houses and sheds and glass houses. But we've had some of the trees down. But other than that, we've been incredibly fortunate. It's still very windy. Well, coming back to your birthday, we do hope you felt celebrated. I did. Very cared for, very kind messages and yeah, it was really lovely. Well, the bulk of our conversation today, we definitely want to explore your book. Uh, we, we devoured your book. We loved it. And uh, we can't wait to ask you some questions about it today. Well, thank you. I'm excited to be here and, and share whatever will be of most relevant to you. I'm grateful for you taking the time to read it and this conversation, wherever it may go. Okay, so early on in your new book, The Listening Coach, coach yourself through the elements of listening that are critical in life, in business, and our communities. You pose this question that you've asked hundreds of delegates on your programs. When was the last time you truly felt listened to? Free from interruption, judgment, and distraction. And what was the impact on you? We'd just love to begin today's conversation asking you those same questions. And you make the point that to be a good listener, we need to first know what it feels like to be listened to, truly listened to, free from interruption, judgment, and distraction. Mm. So, yeah, that question I ask a lot uh, in order for people to really connect with this experience of what does it feel like? to be listened to, because I truly believe that when we know what it feels like to be listened to, we ourselves can become better listeners. What's striking to me, Tom and Michael, is that, um, and I share in the book, that people will give me a whole range of answers to those questions from, it was wonderful, to I felt really valued, I felt valued, validated, I felt really appreciated, I felt an inner confidence, being more creative, because I had the chance to really figure out what I wanted to. And on the other spectrum, people were saying, it felt really odd. I felt quite awkward because I'm not used to being listened to in that way. Or I felt a bit uncomfortable in the silence. And so I have a whole kind of range of, of people's experiences, most often even if it's been a little uncomfortable, people always, I'm going to say always now, have found the value of being listened to. Well, we certainly believe that there is value in being listened to. There, there's no doubt about that. Uh, it, it's interesting to hear you talk about those who felt that it was awkward, that it was uh, in somewhat some way uncomfortable to be listened to. Can you say a little bit more about that? Because I, th I think that's fascinating because, you know, we, we are about the, the work of advocating that, that, that we all listen better, that listening better will make our lives better, our relationships better. 
And it's, it's interesting to hear what else you may have learned through that uh, for those who, f- who were, were still uncomfortable. Well, I think what it, well, certainly my experience of it, those who described it being a bit uncomfortable or a bit difficult was because the unfamiliarity. So here we are encouraging people to develop uh, greater listening skills so that other people could step into and up to who they're meant to be. And so the bit, the, the areas where people have found it difficult to be listened to have been they are used to people interrupting. They're used to people giving them advice. They're used to people telling them how they think and feel even before they have finished, the speaker has finished what they're saying. And so this is why it's uncomfortable or it feels different is because they're not used to it, to being truly listened to. What do you think? Yeah, that idea of it being a little uncomfortable. Speaking for both of us, I think, um, and Tom way in too, but, but most people are not, do not feel as if they've really been listened to. Well, there are times when we've done, we've done talks or presentations or trainings where we've asked people, can you think of a time, you know, the group, raise your hand if you, if you can think of a time when you were listened to very well. And very few hands go up. Very few people have anything to say about that. But then we will ask the a corresponding question. Can you think of a time when you were not listened to well? Everyone's hand goes <laughs> up because... I don't know why we're laughing because that's not it's funny. Because it's sad. Yeah. But, but, but yet that's the truth. That it's, it seems seemingly almost universal that, 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 that we can all think of times easily when we have not been listened to, when we've been interrupted, when we've been someone's finished sentence for us that that had nothing to do with what we were going to say uh, or want to say, um, you know, that, that when we felt as if people really aren't paying attention or don't even care, maybe. And so uh, it's, I mean, we're, we're not surprised to hear this. And that's why I thought it was important to talk about that because, I think it's so universal. I remember one time we gave a talk and afterwards during the Q&A, an older man, probably maybe in his late 70s, early 80s, he raised his hand afterwards and just said, I love what you guys are embarking upon in the world, but the only person that does that in my life is my dog. And initially everyone chuckled and then it just kind of really sunk in what the man was saying. And it was, it was quite sad, actually. Mm, I can so imagine. And, you know, you hear the old adage, you know, the dog being our best companion. And and that is so sad. I guess it's the unconditional love and listening and then not talking back that we get. But here we are on our mission to, to change that. We'll be right back after the break. We use Buzzsprout to create this podcast. And as a small nonprofit team, we really appreciate how easy they make it to get our guests' stories out into the world. With Buzzsprout, you get a beautiful podcast website, audio players to embed into other sites, detailed analytics, tools to promote your episodes, and so much more. Use the link in the show notes to get a $20 Amazon gift card when you sign up for a paid plan and to support our show. 
As the co-founders of Someone to Tell To, we often find ourselves traveling around between meetings and listening sessions, and we often don't really have time for the little things like grocery shopping. I'm sure many of you have had that experience when at the end of a long workday, you'd rather do anything else than shop for groceries. That's why we're happy to give our listeners the chance to get free delivery on your first Instacart order over $35. You'll get the products you love from your local stores in as fast as one hour. There's nothing quite like sitting down at the end of the day to be present for your family over a home-cooked meal. And takeout just doesn't feel the same. So if you find yourself needing groceries and considering getting takeout instead... Get hand-selected products delivered straight to your door. Get free shipping on orders over $35 by using the link in the show notes. So you use this concept called story building, and could you just walk us through story building and how that has affected individuals and organizations? And we loved reading about the interaction that Gavin had with a taxi driver who said, no one has ever asked about my story. Thank you. You wrote that Gavin discovered that when people feel safe and know that they will be listened to with genuine interest, free from judgment, they are liberated to relieve their past, embrace the present, and look towards a new future with hope, purpose, and meaning. The process puts an emphasis on enhanced self and other awareness. And Gavin believes that this leads to the ultimate question, what would happen if we all believed that we were genuinely being heard. Mm. Well, I would just love to have a a shout out to Gavin Cargill. He's an amazing gentleman. I've had the privilege of meeting along my journey of deepening my listening further. And Gavin is a co-founder of the organization Value the Person. And his work is around this wonderful concept of story building, which incorporates, you know, first of all, having your, being able to tell your story, And as a listener, a story listener is around helping people share their stories and through telling their story enables people to experience those things that you just shared, Tom, a greater sense of connection, perhaps a clarity and certainly greater confidence, but this feeling of being valued. My experience of that is that I believe that each and every one of us has a story within us some of which have been told and and others not yet. And Gavin will go on to say that we have a story of who we were in the past and who we are just now. And we have the capacity to reimagine a story for us in the future. But I love the story of the taxi driver and it's one that I engage in regularly when I've had the privilege of traveling and perhaps with a taxi. Um, Because it's, it's a wonderful opportunity to help and to create an opportunity for someone to share more about who they are, not only what they do. And for me, the reason why I feel storytelling and therefore story listening is so important is that it helps people rediscover perhaps who they are and it helps them connect with, you know, their experiences in life and then to imagine how they want the rest of their life to be. We have a leadership expert who's coming here to central Pennsylvania to speak on behalf of someone to tell to someone to tell to sponsoring the van. His name's John Gordon and John Gordon endorsed our, our third book, which is, which is really exciting. And he wrote us a handwritten note uh, just the other day, just thanking us for sending him a copy after it was published. 
But I remember in one of his most recent blogs, he shares a story about his, one of his executives at John Gordon companies right now, they were on route to a speaking engagement that he had, and she was an Uber driver. And in the course of their conversation, he realized that she ultimately wasn't being who she, she wants to be in her life. And they had just had this just amazing interaction and conversation. And eventually now she's one of the executives at John Gordon companies as a result of that one conversation in a Uber. So it just goes to show that when people are truly heard, who knows where the conversation will go and how it actually can transform somebody's life and trajectory of their lives. And how beautiful. What an amazing story. Thank you for sharing that. You mentioned about uh, that everyone's story, everyone you know has a story, everyone has, and st- everyone's story is valuable. We believe that very much too, that it, that is important to hear people's stories, that it's important to allow one another to, to talk about the, the important things in our lives, the things that, that bring us joy, the things that might bring us sorrow, the things that bring us fear, uh, the things that, that uh, give, us, give us hope. Um, that that stories can be so powerful and so important. So you you align so beautifully with our own values, with our own beliefs in 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 the the power, the absolute power of stories. So so we want to affirm you for that, and um, thank you for that. Uh, you also uh, write in the book. You you talk. You write about five levels of listening, and we're not. We we don't want to talk about all of them because we want people to buy your book. We want. We don't want to give it <laughs> yes, all away, do. and and think that then they they don't have to. But we we want people to want to read what you have written, what you have shared, and 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 learn from your wisdom and your experience. But we want to talk about a couple of those levels just briefly. And the first one is about listening to oneself. Could you say more, just something about that, why that is important, what that means, what that can do for us uh, when we are able to pause without distraction and listen to our own inner voice, our own story that we might not have even known was there. But, but when we have the opportunity to really to really dig into it and and listen to it. What does that mean? It's in my research and connecting with other people in our field of listening. And it was actually Oscar Trimboli, who's the author of Deep Listening, um, based in Australia. And he introduced me initially to this, this concept of listening to self, or I call it now level of listening. And the more I read about it, the more it seemed really relevant. Um, and what I discovered was that in order to be a great listener, we need to know and practice listening to ourselves first. So what does it feel like, as you said, Michael, to be free of distraction and interruption for ourselves? And so what I would love to say about this is, is that practicing the art of self-listening is the opportunity to take a pause, whether it be in your day, to be intentional, just to take five minutes out to connect with yourself. And to ask yourself some questions, you know, what am I feeling right now? What am I saying to myself? And of those thoughts, which ones are those, what's limiting me? Or what can liberate me? Because it's often that what we tell ourselves is who then we become in that moment or in that day. 
And at any one time, our experience can be changed by what we're saying to ourselves, thereby what we are listening to from ourselves. And so this practice of self-listening is one where I experienced, as I looked at this and experienced a little bit more, was that we can listen to ourselves in different ways. We can listen to ourselves with compassion. We can listen to ourselves with an opening mindset, a learning mindset. Or we can listen to ourselves in combat, in competition, where we end up beating ourselves up. And so my recommendation, my invitation is to notice when we're listening to self, how are we listening to ourselves? And to begin to choose to be more compassionate in the way that we listen to ourselves. Do you find, as, as a follow-up to that, that, that m- people more often than not do not listen to themselves with compassion, that they listen to themselves through a lens of judgment and uh, recrimination and shame, even? Is that, is that something that you, you have found to be the case? Well, it's a great question. And certainly through my coaching conversations, I see that a lot in terms of one of the things I'll invite people to think about is what are the, some of the assumptions that might be holding you back on whatever it is they want to accomplish? And of course, it's those assumptions that are revealed in the way they listen to themselves. And what we notice is that the assumptions that limit them are that that are holding them back. And so I would say it is more common for people to listen to themselves um, with judgment um, and sometimes competitively. And once again, I would say it's because that's what they're used to. That's what they witness, how other people listen to each other with interruption, with judgment, even with this competition. Michael and I just love to listen to a lot of other podcasts and one of our favorite programs here in the United States is called On Being. And most recently, one of the guests referenced this philosopher named Meister Eckhart. I don't know if you ever heard that name before, but Meister Eckhart said people kept coming to him asking him, how, how should I pray or how should I think? What should I do? But they were neglecting the most important question, how should I be? And we just love that question, how should I be? And we'd like to ask you the same question today. Just what does that look like in today's world? Just how should we be? Mm, What a beautiful reflection from Mr. Erkart there. And and I think that's a lovely question around a definition of listening, because for me, listening is a way of being as much of it as it is kind of some of the skills that we might do. I think it is more as you now ask me this question of how we being. So how do we show up as a listener? And and therefore this this is how I would love to answer this question because my hope, my vision for the world is that we choose to listen first, enabling others to step up to and into who they are meant to be. And the ultimate is two people coming together in interaction, in conversation with a desire to listen to each other and taking turns in to do so. So in answer to your question, how do we need to be? I would love to share that we need to be attentive, to give our attention to another free from this interruption and distraction we talk about. I would love us to be in this world, this busy world, peppered with so many pulls on our time, 
I would love us to be at ease with some of that urgency that, you know, is put upon us, but also we put upon ourselves. And I would love us to be appreciative. I would love us to be, you know, celebrating what's right with the world, that we look for the goodness in others. It's there. We simply need to look for it. And then we say it. We say what we see in in another. And I would love us to be encouraging. I would love us to encourage others to, to think well for themselves, to be compassionate with themselves and with other people. So there are four ways I would love us to be as we wake up and step in to each and every morning. What about you, gentlemen? What do you think? How would you like us to be? I, I think we just want to quote you because yeah. of everything you said is exactly what we believe too. I think we are, we are conditioned, it seems, in the world to look at the negative more than we are the positive. We are conditioned to see what's wrong as opposed to what's right, what's bad as opposed to what's good. And that, gosh, that, that just happens all the time. And, and there seems to be less of a, uh, you know, uh, it's just less prevalent that we will instead look at what's right, what's good, what's better, what's, what's positive, you know, all, all those kinds of things um, that are just, that if only we could see the world in that way, it would, we believe it would be so much better. You, you agree? <laughs> yeah. And I'd also add, I mean, I've heard it said that like we're living in maybe the busiest time in human history. And I think listening and slowing down, it's like a protest against the way, against the ways of the world. Um, it's our own way of saying, we're just not going to operate that way because there is a better way. But it takes a heck of a lot of intentionality to do that, to slow down, especially for those of us like myself, who I'm a more of a type A personality. I am, you know, just, I tend to be a driven person by nature and pretty focused, but it just takes practice. It takes discipline. It just takes changing your mindset. Uh, Ultimately, like you said before, it's changing your whole way of being in the world. Um, but we have to be reminded consistently to push against that. I so agree. And, and, and I appreciate what you shared just then about, you know, the busiest time and there's such a lot going on in the world right now. And one of the things that I um, recognize is that, you know, it, it can be difficult to listen. You know, it, it can be difficult to listen. And it's not because we don't know how. I think some people are afraid of what they might hear and they have the assumption that they need to reply with some quick, smart response. And so this notion of um, listening being a protest to to what's going on in the world is it's an interesting it's an interesting word in itself. Actually, I had not thought about it in that way. And what I do see is a huge request calling out to be something different. So I'm noticing this shift in our leadership, shifting towards a more compassionate leadership, towards a more human-focused leadership, of which I see the fundamental tenets of which is being listening. So helping leaders, which I love your book so much, gentlemen, is because, you know, leaders who listen are the leaders that are going to make the difference and the change 
in the way the world I believe needs to be going forward to recognize our humanity to celebrate with what with what's right with the world and to augment this change and I, I think often people think change is about telling people what to do telling people a new way of being here's our manifesto here's what we need to do differently whereas actually it's a complete opposite if we were to simply listen to the needs of others to what people really want and invite them to think about what they really want and through our listening for them to discern that is how we will make this world a better place again we wholeheartedly totally agree with that absolutely and one of the things you said there was that you think that sometimes people don't listen or they're uncomfortable because they're afraid of what they might hear and I think that's a powerful statement. I think we believe the same thing too. And that's why we write about in our new book, and this is not about our book, but just to say, just to affirm what you're saying, that that's why we listen in pairs, two by two, because we believe that we can enter into more potentially difficult conversations, hear things that might be harder to hear, that, 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 that might be frightening for some people to hear, we can hear them better because we're not alone and we have, you know, we have one another to, you know, to be, to be with so that we're not the only one hearing certain things or, or having to maybe respond to, to, to certain difficult things. So um, I would agree that, that there is fear on, on what we may hear from a lot of people. And so that, and that prevents us uh, from really listening and causes us to talk more than we listen, perhaps to to avoid it, to, to you know deflect the conversation, things like that. So um, I think that um, that makes that resonates strongly with us, absolutely. So I want to get to another level of listening. The the, the fifth one. We're going to skip all the others, so people will want to read it, read about it. But the fifth level about generative listening. Can you say more about that? You, you, you write that it's about freeing our minds as opposed to directing our minds. We'd love to hear and love to tell our listeners, our viewers, uh, a little bit more about what that means. Mm, thank you. Well, this term generative listening has been inspired and, and where I've learned it through from Nancy Klein, the beautiful, amazing, brilliant woman and lady and author of Time to Think and the organization of the same name. And so for me, generative listening is, is a listening that, as you said, Michael, it frees the mind, it liberates the mind in front of us, of the human being in front of us, rather than directing it. And so what I mean by that, generative listening is requires us, us as the leader, as a listener rather, as the sense of being, as you said earlier, Tom, it's how do we be, how do we show up for another that says, you know, I appreciate you as a human being. I see the positivity, the goodness, the resourcefulness inside of you. And so therefore, as a generative listener, we are creating a space, a, a space of psychological safety that says you matter. We are encouraging you to go to the edge of your thinking and expression of feeling because we welcome feelings as well as a generative listener. We want to and we, we recognize, we notice those nonverbal cues, the body language of how you're expressing yourself. And as a generative listener, 
we will ask open questions, questions that will ignite your mind rather than ones that will lead you or, or simply require a yes or no answer, more closed questions. And so the idea of a generative listener is to open your mind to what's possible rather than what's probable to help you solve the challenges, issues or take forward an opportunity that you might not have done so yet. And so this is the world of generative listening. It's a listening that takes people beyond empathetic listening. It takes them beyond to where they thought possible. So you offer 10 skills of generative listening. We'd like to highlight just a few today. And one small thing with great intention, you said produces great results. And so let's start with number six, and that's quiet your mind. And I love that you put clear the whiteboard of thoughts in your mind. And talk to us what that looks like and helping us to answer the question, what can we do to practice quieting our minds? Yeah. So as a listener, what will often happen is that as we're listening to somebody else's story or request or whatever it is they want to tell us, as a human being, when we're connected with them, we will also, you know, that will create a reaction in us or, or a certain response And so therefore, when we're listening to generate the best in others, we'll want to quieten our own response as we're giving them our attention. And so I've used this analogy of um, really quietening our own mind is, first of all, to notice the fact that we'll have a reaction or a response. And of course, as we develop and master these skills of listening, we'll recognize that response and we'll quieten it such that we can continue to give our attention once more. Let me give you an example. My daughter called me earlier today and she called up to say, oh, mum, I'm I'm really excited. I've got an interview with a new agency that I've just registered with. Our daughter's at university and she's looking to supplement her income, well, her her studies and to do some fun things with, with generating some income. And so she says, oh, my gosh, mum, so I've got to prepare something for tonight because I've got to be interviewed tomorrow. And so therefore, and she has to present um, a short case around her favorite perfume. And so rather than me launching into something or an idea, rather actually to invite her, what do you think the people who might buy this perfume most want to hear? What do you think will be really on their mind, whether they consider purchasing a new perfume or not? And she said, oh, mom, I've never thought of it in that way. Start with a question. And so... The reason I share that brief story is that I I noticed that there were many responses and reactions in me. I love perfume. I have a favorite perfume. Um, I also know people I feel don't like to be sold to, or certainly I don't like to be sold to. But I do love to engage in a conversation about something that I like, perfume. And so I just had to quieten all of that down before I just engaged her in in a very brief conversation in support of her getting ready for her interview tomorrow. How did she respond? Oh, she was so excited. She said, mom, I've never thought about it in this way, even to ask people whether they actually wear perfume. And so she, she left the call and feeling excited. Um, She wanted to do some more thinking about it and feeling energized in preparing herself for this experience. But what it required of me was, was that momentarily just wiping the whiteboard of my mind of what I or thought I might do in this situation because it wasn't about me. It was rather about generating the best in her. 
That's that's yeah, fantastic. Thanks for that illustration. One of the things that Tom and I have have recently done uh, for someone to tell it to is we've developed a value st- statement for our team members, for every, any and our board members, anyone connected with someone to tell it to, and and actually for the world to know that these are the things that we want to practice. These are the things that we that we value, and that we believe are important, and. One of them is to to notice. You, you mentioned notice there. To notice, um, well, other people. To notice what they're thinking, how they're reacting. To notice what's not being said. But also, you, you mentioned another nuance to that is noticing what we are feeling. Uh, noticing our, again, noticing ourselves. How we react to a statement or to a, a, an example or a circumstance. I think that's um, that's really significant and uh, so, so important to do. And we're learning, I think we're particularly learning today from you uh, and from your book about noticing ourselves, how important that is in listening to ourselves and, and how we might respond to, to certain circumstances. Thank you for listening to the Someone to Tell It To podcast. Wonders Found Thrift Shop is proud to be one of its sponsors. Wonders Found is an all-volunteer-run thrift shop begun to support our mission team as they rebuild homes in disaster areas. We support local missions, people experiencing homelessness, veterans, and children and youth outreaches. We also provide clothing and household items to families displaced by fire or flood. You can learn more at our website, wondersfound.org, or stop in to see what wonders you can find at 7810 Allentown Boulevard, Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. We hope you enjoy the rest of the podcast. So you have some statistics that we'd like to, that, that you're going to read uh, that you have in, in, in the second half of your book. You write about the five biases and the seven principles of listening. And you, you, you uh, have a statistic that says that the biology of listening reveals that we listen to over 400 words per, per minute but we think on average at 900 words a minute. Uh, and then, therefore, we, we speak at only 125 words per minute. And that's, um, you know, it means that everything's kind of out of sync. What we're, what we're thinking, what we're saying, what we're hearing. So you, you write that to listen well means to slow down. We've kind of hit on that just a little bit earlier. Would you say more about that, about slowing down, about, you know, pract- you know having a different pace uh, in our listening and our responding uh, to what others are saying to us? Yeah, I mean, I, I think I can, well, part of sharing the statistics is awareness, is the fact that, you know, with all kind of elements of communication, we'll have different styles and different preferences. And since writing that, I further discovered more around, you know, even styles of listening. There'll be some people who will listen very much focusing on the data and the content. There'll be other people who are very much listening on the people and the impact um, of feelings and, and decisions. There'll be other people who are focusing on time and will say very overtly, I've only got 10 minutes um, you know, <laughs> listen to you today or, yeah, you know, come in, let's set an hour's meeting. Um, And so, and then you'll have the very analytical listeners who are really listening to gather all of the facts. 
Um, I mean, I do talk about that on one of my other levels of listening, but just coming back to these statistics, the reason for sharing that is the fact that, um, or rather the idea, these ideas that, you know, the way our brain works is that we have the capacity to take in way more information from our listening and therefore interpreting it and thinking about it than we do in terms of our speaking. But what that means to me personally, having learned that, is that what I'm aware of two key things is that when I'm speaking, I will hope, and I'm still working practice, is to pause throughout you know, a speech such that I'm enabling the listeners to take in what I've said. Because if I'm speaking too quickly, although they can think and sp- they can think and interpret rapidly, I'm also conscious that they'll want to process what I've said. And so therefore, as a speaker, the fact that we only speak at 125 words a minute is good. And that's fine because people need to take in what we've said and need to process that. The key thing is, though, people will then because they they uh, listen and process it more quickly. It's not always um, in a way that perhaps is meaningful or helpful, because to your point, Michael, they'll go on and make conclusions or they'll, you know, make two and two is five. And so it's it's knowing these facts that will then help us to think, oh, hang on a minute, let me just slow down my listening such that I can take in appropriately the message that's being shared with me. The other thing I'm really aware of is that in this 900 words a minute of thinking, actually is is that for every 30 words that I'm speaking, there are 300 words in my head. So we as a listener will never truly understand what someone is thinking or feeling because they just can't get it out quick enough. And so, and but also there's a choice element there. Of course, we will share as much as deep and as wide as we'll choose to go given the environment that we're setting up as a listener, given the safety that we've been created. And so another element of this, this by so the, um, of the listening and the speeds is, is what people will share with us um, and the thinking that goes on behind what they're actually sharing. It's also helpful for the actual speaker to know those statistics as well because we can't expect the listener to receive everything that we have to share. They're only going to pick up a small percentage, but if they're picking up the percentage that we hope that they'll pick up, then the connection is going to happen regardless if they know all of the details, right? Let's spend uh, the last couple minutes of our conversation talking about challenges that keep us from implementing some of these strategies. And you use the word anchor and you say, how can we anchor our practice against the everyday challenges of listening? And if we could, let's spend the rest of our time just talking about doing a deeper dive into some of these challenges that keep us from implementing these strategies and how to overcome them. And what are some of the bad habits you find that can emerge at any time that can trap us? And what have you witnessed as most effective in helping us overcome the challenges of listening? Yes, lovely. Well, thank you for that. And I think for me, um, some of the challenges of listening is that we fall into bad habits, you know, the bad habits that we've spoken about a few of interrupting or casting a judgment, uh, sharing our opinion, perhaps worst of all, when it's not being asked for. Um, and the other thing, one of the biggest challenges, I think, to, to really deep listening is and, and people kind of as soon as I share this, oh, that's me, that's me, um, is what I refer to as the solutioner. 
And the solutioner is a listener who will listen to get to the gist of just enough of what the speaker has shared, whether it be a problem or an opportunity. And then the listener jumps in with a solution. Now, often that solution is coming from the very best of intention. And so, you know, not to be harsh, competitive or critical on oneself, but again, I share this with a view to raising our awareness is to note that self-noticing, that self-awareness of, gosh, I've just noticed my thought going to, gosh, I've experienced that. Let me just share what happened to me or I've been to that place. Let me also just acknowledge you to say I've been there too. And so the solutioner is somebody who will want to offer a way forward, an idea or um, a way out or a solution. And what I love to say is to, you know, in order for us to enable someone to step into who they're meant to be, to tap into their resourcefulness, to see what's possible for them to own, is to withhold that, you know, that solution. And, you know, hold a mindset of, possibility and potential in another. The principle I refer to is is seeing someone's possibility and potential. And so if you have a natural propensity to solve someone else's problems or finish their sentences, would be to hold this idea, this principle of looking for the goodness and seeing the potential in another. And so therefore, with that, that will enable you to hold back and then perhaps consider asking a question. Huh, what do you think might be possible given what you shared? As you did with your daughter. As I did with my daughter. <laughs> yeah. Or what options might be available to you given what you know? You know, so we're starting to ask some open-ended questions that enable this person to, to connect more deeply or consider a different perspective, perhaps. Where else can self-listening take us in order to improve our listening to others to grow our our relationships so that they can be more meaningful they can be deeper they can be more satisfying to everyone in the relationship um you know how how can self-listening improve our lives gosh thank you michael as you know as you were sharing that beautiful question you know the thing that just jumped at me so quickly was this concept of listening to ourselves with compassion or listening to ourselves in combat. And therefore, I think the thing that could really make a difference is discerning. The first thing is to discern how am I listening to myself right now? You know, am I being compassionate on myself by asking myself, huh, what did I learn from? Okay, I messed up, but what did I learn for myself? Or, you know, what is it that's creating my feeling right now? You know, I'm I'm feeling a certain sense of excitement or a certain sense of anxiety. Well, what am I saying to myself that's generating that? These are all ways that we're beginning to listen more effectively to ourselves. One of the, a question that really leaps out for me is something that I've learned from Nancy Klein is the notion of assumptions and how assumptions can be true or untrue. And what often stops us accomplishing what we want in life and how we want to be in life is an assumption that's untrue, and yet we live it as if it's true. And so in our self-listening, what are the things I think can really help us master a a, a stronger relationship with ourselves is to ask ourselves the question, well, what am I assuming about myself, about the other people or the situation that's holding me back? 
And what could I assume about myself, the situation or the other people that could liberate me right now? And this question about, you know, what am I assuming about myself is one of the most liberating questions that we can ask such that we can challenge its truth and create one that's more liberating, that will free us to be this, this wonderful expanse of who I believe God wanted us to be, you know, this, this opportunity for low growth and learning in the world such that we could contribute our gifts and talents, you know, in, in whom he wanted us to be. We've just offered so much wisdom that you've imparted to our listeners just about making changes in our life in our lives to just grow in self-listening. And we just had a favor to ask of you, if you'd be willing, if you could just grab that book over your right shoulder, we'd love for you to end our time together reading one of the poems from your book crafted by one of your participants called Gratitude for Listening. Oh, thank you so much. Wow. This was beautiful. This, um, this poem was written by Jeff Beecham, who was a delegate on my very first 30 day listening to liberate challenge. And as a result of that challenge, um, this is what he kindly wrote and shared uh, for all of us. So thank you for inviting me to read it. So it is gratitude for listening by Jeff Beecham. Listening is liberating me. Gratitude adds color to what I see. There's so much more than before. Through the lens I now view life, I'm free. Wonder is a place that we can find, listening to liberate our minds. True happiness is sublime for ourselves and others if we are kind. I'm grateful for listening to the friends I have in you. You've made a difference in my life. That's why my poem is for you. What happens next now our challenge is won. Listening, our journey has begun. Gratitude is how we choose to run. I appreciate, I appre- appreciate you, each and every one. What was it like to receive that poem? Oh, it was heartwarming, um, humbling, and I was really moved, really moved. Yeah, it just brings us all so much joy when we've created something that we've put out into the world and then we hear from from those who have received it and the difference that it's made. Absolutely. And I love the way Jeff referred to it as a journey that's just begun. I see listening as a journey. I see that our, you know, developing our skills and experience and, and deepening what we learn, you know, what I've learned from you ongoingly, gentlemen. And um, thank you for, for sharing what you learned from me. You know, I feel that this journey of deepening our listening and having an impact on the world that, that we can inspire others to listen more deeply with greater intention to, to enable others to, to step into who they're meant to be is a gift that I hope that each and every one of us can continue to give um, and offer others. Jane, uh, thank you so much for uh, joining us in this conversation. Do today. you keep this up? We might invite you back for yeah, a third we, time. Because these are, these are tremendous conversations. You are saying so many of the things that we also try to say though you might be saying them better sometimes. Uh, but we, we, we really appreciate your, the way you look at listening, the way you uh, see listening you know, and its impact on our lives and on, on, on the world. 
And we appreciate that so much. To be in a space with someone with such a like mind is uh, very affirming and it's encouraging and it helps us to see the world uh, as better and because of it. So thank you so much for joining us today. Well, you're so welcome. And gentlemen, you know, I would love to appreciate both of you, Michael, for your wisdom and grace through the stories that you tell and through the courage um, of bringing this work and the work that you do uh, to our world and to the communities. Um, And Tom, likewise, but I would love to appreciate in you this amazing sense of drive for taking an idea, crystallizing it and bringing it to the world more widely, more deeply um, in so many ways. So I appreciate you both. Thank you very much. Well, we're going to re- we're glad this is recorded because those were wonderful words. So thank you. <laughs> thank you so much. One of the things that we've we've never really talked much about before in an episode is is the whole aspect of self-listening. And so it was really fun to talk about that today and kind of focus on that, how important that is. And so I, I'm glad for what what Jane has reminded us of what she's taught us. Uh, about the importance of self-listening and hope that I, you know, that I can practice that better myself uh, as we continue to listen to people and, and write and speak and um, to, to understand how important that, that really is. Yeah, and I at one point had asked her this question, how should we be in the world? And I also said that we, I've heard it said that we, we are in the busiest time in human history and she just reminded us just with, again, just her whole being. I mean, just the way that she communicates just to slow down and to take it all in and to receive what others have for us, to not be rushing on to the next thing or, you know, have a tons of distractions or judgments that we have just to kind of, as she said, clear the whiteboard. Yeah. Yeah. So we hope that you will, uh, uh, take th- that seriously in, in, in your own lives just as we want to take it seriously in ours to clear the whiteboard to slow down uh, as much as we can and to create the space that we need to really hear ourselves and one another so we're grateful that you were with us today and we thank you for being with us we want to remind uh, those of you who, um, who might be interested, and we hope that you are, that um, we have a very special event coming up on April 12th this year, um, an, an event in which the best-selling author and speaker, John Gordon, will be coming to Harrisburg, Pennsylvania to speak on behalf of someone to tell it to and the work that we do, the listening work, the creating better better lives, better cultures kind of work that, that we are all about. And we're excited for that. If, if you are in the, the Harrisburg, Pennsylvania area or, or want to travel to Harrisburg, Pennsylvania on April the 12th, uh, you will be more than welcome to attend this event. Please go on our website to learn more about it. We um, hope that uh, you will be interested because we know it will be a very special evening with John Gordon. John endorsed our book, just talking about how listening affects our relationships, it affects our team, our work environments. And so we have a new book, Listening Two by Two, A Paradigm Shift for Leaders. That's when the magic happens. And we just encourage you to go to amazon.com, purchase copies, write us Amazon reviews. Those help us tremendously. And also review our podcast. 
One of the things that I love to do with every podcast that we've mentioned in multiple episodes now that Michael and I just love listening to other podcasts. In fact, in today's episode, we referenced one of our favorites. It's called On Being. But one of the things that I do every time I hear a great episode, I share it with five people. And if you could just go ahead and do that, you have no idea how much of a difference that makes because that just continues to catalyze this listening movement that we all care so much about. So encourage you to do that. And, and we just appreciate uh, all of the support that you offer us. So until we listen again. <laughs>